Welcome to the Clued in Mystery Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Brooke. And we both love mystery. So Brooke, we're going to pick up the conversation that we were having with Francis about noir and hard-boiled fiction. Um, we had such a such a great conversation with her. Yeah, our listeners are in for a great treat today and a list of book recommendations included. And who better to get them from than someone who's been in the book selling business for over 20 years, Francis of Chronicles of Crime Mystery Bookshop. I wonder if we could talk a little bit about setting. So, um, you know, the, the stories that you've mentioned, they all take place in cities. You know, you mentioned that Washington kind of lends itself to this kind of story. And it's the, you know, I've read Sam Weeb's work um, set here in Vancouver. And, and you know, I think Vancouver lends itself really well oh, it does. as well, yes. because it's this sort of juxtaposition of, um the darker side of the city in this beautiful setting. And there's a lot of, you know, flash here as well. Right. Yes. Um, yep. And is that sort of, tr- you know, I think about um, Chandler's stories set in there in LA. Right. Yep. Uh, and same kind of thing. There's that sort of seedy seediness to it. Well, you need to have that because Realistically, a countryside does not have the clientele that you need, right? Or the ambiance of what you need, if you look at it from that perspective. So it's usually noir and hard-boiled are usually in urban landscapes. New York City, Boston, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, San Francisco. They're, They're old cities that have a lot of people who need private detectives, (laughs) <laughs> or that sort of thing. Um, noir is easier, perhaps, to set. So when I talked about um, the postman always rings twice, that's like at a roadside place, right? Double indemnity is not. That's in a major urban center because it had to be. So setting, as with anything we write, is is integral to telling the story. James Lee Burke and his his New Orleans setting. I mean, he treats New Orleans as if it's a huge character. And in noir and hard-boiled, setting is all about being a character. In in my mind, the way that I look at it. Um, yeah, and the settings, are they're always bleak. They're gritty in noir, matching the characters. Yeah, you, you need shadow. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. And that's a big part of noir film is the lighting. That's what sets the tone for it all. Uh, and yeah, it's huge. Um, so you, Francis, talked a little bit about um, some kind of modern examples uh, of noir. Um, can you can you give us a couple of those? Yep. Um, so... So if you want modern writers, there is a Japanese writer, Fuminori Nakamura, who wrote The Thief in 2012. It's brilliant. Very well done. We're reading a translation. Soho Crime put it out. Uh, It's one of my favorite noir books. It all focuses on this guy who's a thief and he gets wrapped into something much larger. And so there's the noir. You know nothing good is going to happen. Roger Hobbs wrote two young man and unfortunately he died um, but ghost man was his first one and it's a heist 
uh, book. I love heist books because um, they're they're smart crimes, right? You got to be able to get away with that. Uh, and so Roger Hobbs is excellent. Dwayne Swerzynski uh, wrote The Blonde in 2006. Uh, he does a lot of film work. He writes a lot of short stories. Uh, he's really good at noir. Um, Queen Pin, which was written by Megan Abbott. Now it's unusual for women to write hard-boiled and noir. They do, but it is unusual. But Megan Abbott, when her first books were published, wrote some excellent noir books. They take place in the 50s, but she's a young woman today. And then there's uh, Krista Faust. She does quite a few for hard crime. She writes a lot of different things, but her noir stuff is very edgy, very good. And of course, there was Patricia Highsmith, Strangers on a Train. Um, is probably her best known noir book, but again, that was written in 50. So those would be considered modern noir writers. Then there's Joe Ide. He's, um, he's noir. There's a lot of crossovers, like I say, fine line. So, uh, Sam Weeb writes, um, noir, but there's a lot of hard boiled elements. He's from Vancouver. Uh, George Pelicanos does a Washington, D.C. detective, that is, police detective, that is amazing, very edgy. Washington, D.C. is a, a, an edgy place, especially at night. Lots of areas of it are. And so he captures it beautifully in it. Walter Mosley, but who does Easy Rollins, but they take place at an, in the 50s. They start there and then work their way up. He's excellent. Um, Ken Bruin is an Irish writer. Um, and he's really good. Peter Temple is an Australian. Gary Disher is an Australian writer. Robert Crace, American uh, writer, does the Joe Pike um, series. Michael Conley is considered hard-boiled to noir. So if you watch the Bosch series uh, or read any of the Bosch books, um, although the poet was, th- that's probably his, I consider it his best book. It's extraordinarily dark, um, but it's really good. Uh, Charlie Houston, Philip Kerr, who is a spy writer, it's actually considered to be noir slash hard-boiled slash spy. And Dennis Lehane is the current writer. And S.J. Rosen, I love her stuff. So she does a Chinese-American character, a female, and a male non-Asian character. And they have a detective agency together. And they're they're really good. I like those two. Those are my probably my favorites. Um, James Lee Burke who he's considered hard-boiled slash noir, uh, brilliant at setting. So he sits you right into the middle of New Orleans and nothing ever good happens, although he always tries to seat good his Robichaux character. <laughs> so there's there so many that we don't... Lawrence Block, Eight Million Ways to Die, Matthew Scudder is his character. Uh, Matthew Scudder, again, uh, the character is a big drinker, um, but he's always on. He tries to be morally correct, and he usually is. So those are those are some of mine. Let's see if I've missed any. Charles Williford, uh, um, his, his Miami, Miami Blues, Hoke Mosley series is on my top 10 of, of noir slash hard-boiled writers. But I'll, but I'll send you a list because that'll be easier for awesome. you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. A lot of people got to learn about hard-boiled because when they bought the Black Mask magazines, the stories were serialized like Sherlock Holmes was. 
So it would carry over for three or four months, the story, and they couldn't wait to get the next one because it would always leave at a cliffhanger. And then the book would come out. So, for instance, um, Double Indemnity was uh, serialized, started in January of 36, over three months. The book did not come out until 43 when it appeared with three other of his works, three works altogether, three of a kind. And it was Double Indemnity, Career in C Major, and The Embezzler. And so that's when it came out as a book. But it was actually serialized in a magazine. Um, so a lot of a lot of people got to learn about all this stuff. And then, of course, they started to go to the movies and see all of that. And the movie might attract the person to read the book as well. Oh, Nino Frank. So he's the fellow that wrote the review or the critique on the American films. And I've got his where the I've got the line where his term came out. Let me just grab it here. These noir films no longer have anything in common with the usual kind of police reel. Real meaning a film. R-E-E-L. They are essentially psychological narrative with the action, however violent or fast-paced, less significant than faces, gestures, words, than the truths of characters. And that's where noir came out. So that was, uh, I've got the date, er, 46. He wrote the essay for a French magazine. And he talked about the four films that he actually referred to was the Maltese Falcon um, made by John Huston, Billy Wilder's Double Indemnity, Otto Preminger's Laura, which is a brilliant film and a brilliant book by Vera Caspri, a woman, uh, and Murder My Sweet, Edward Dimtrick um, did that one. And it was a very different kind of film. It brought out a different sort of uh, way to tell the story. So that was the original, that was the original where noir came from. So it wasn't until 46. So you have a long time between 1923 and 46 before everything was hard boiled. Mm-hmm. No matter what was written, it was all considered hard boiled. Because in those magazines, there are a lot of one-offs of stories that aren't character, that they're character driven, but they aren't series characters. I don't have any more questions. I've This has been really, really fascinating for me. I don't know, Brooke, did you have anything that you wanted to, um, to ask or to add? No, I loved this. I have an entire page of notes and I just was feeling like I was back in a lit class and having a lot of fun. And it definitely filled in some blanks. Um, It filled in some blanks because like you, Sarah, I did some reading this last week and I did some research, but I feel like all your information kind of filled in all and made all the connections for me. So this has just been awesome. Let me, let me finish off with a Cornell Woolrich uh, quote from his autobiography. So Cornell Woolrich also had a very dark life. uh, And um, he wrote his autobiography called blues of a lifetime, the autobiography of Cornell Woolrich. He was prolific in writing, wrote novels, um, very dark, very noir, tons of short stories. So in his autobiography, he writes about himself. I had that trapped feeling like some sort of poor insect that you've put inside a downturned glass and it tries to climb up the sides and it can't and it can't 
and it can't. That's noir. We all see that image and can sort of feel that, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that really captures what you were talking about, um, that the characters don't really have any control. Yeah, they have none. They can't. Yeah. Whereas in Hard Boiled, there's control and their goal is always to write things, to put the world into perspective again in a right way for their client, for themselves. And they're often, hard-boiled characters are often on their own. So the PI is on their own or they might have a sidekick. Whereas in noir, the femme fatale is always there. So there's always at least a couple of main characters that travel around together or or destroy each other, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Bleak. Yeah, that quote, I think, sums up so much. And it's like beautifully painful. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Francis. I think this was this was wonderful. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, Brooke, this was just such an incredible experience to learn from Francis all about hard-boiled and noir fiction, uh, a genre that, or two genres, as we've just learned, Mm -hmm. that uh, neither of us is, uh, is particularly familiar with. It was just great. I think I said in the first episode that I felt like I was back in a lit class, and I mean that with the highest of uh, compliments because that's like some place where my heart goes. I love learning about literature, and it was just fantastic. I loved the learning about the beginnings and the reason why we call it that, and it was just everything was wonderful. Yeah, I I agree. I think for me, one of the things that I really enjoyed um, was just learning about the magazines that mm-hmm. um, that a lot of the stories appeared in, and I I do highly encourage people to take a look at the covers. You know, just search them online; they're really quite amazing. Exactly. I I agree. It's almost a genre of art that came out of these stories. So it's it's really worth it to look um, online and find some of that. And I would refer people to Frances's Instagram account. She's at Chronicles of Crime. And she posts a lot of things regularly about um, the hard-boiled and noir era, um, particularly because she writes her stories in that space. So it's she's got a great Instagram feed that you would really enjoy looking at, I think. One thing that you and I, Sarah, both found interesting was that a lot of times we place this genre or these genres in the 1940s. But in fact, these uh, writers were contemporaries with Agatha Christie. This started clear back in the 1920s, and that was a real eye-opener for me. Yeah, I, I um, found the same thing, that that I had placed it in a in a different time period than from from. Um, when it actually started. And and I think it's uh, interesting that, you know, people, as, as we heard from Francis, people are continuing to write um, mm-hmm. noir and, and hard-boiled. And I'm definitely going to look into some of the authors that she, that she recommended. Absolutely. Yeah. It was just fantastic. Thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your feedback. 
You can reach us at hello at cluedinmystery.com or on Instagram at cluedinmystery. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating or a review or telling a friend to help spread the word. Thank you for listening to Clued in Mystery. I'm Brooke. And I'm Sarah. And we both love mystery. Clued in Mystery is produced by Brooke Peterson and Sarah M. Stephen. Music is by Shane Ivers at silvermansound.com. Visit us online at cluedinmystery.com or social media at Clued in Mystery. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, or telling your friends.